Oh, dear, 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 dear. Why, why are you making me tremble so? This is supposed to be a happy time. <laughs> Welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 154 for the week of April 25th, 2022. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. And our special guest, Ned Raggett. Hey, Ned. Hello. We are a group of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be finishing up our coverage of the second semifinal. Welcome back to the show, Ned. It is great to be back, third year in a row. It's it's tradition now. It it surely is. It must be. <laughs> how how has your your vision season been going? It, it it's very much like what happened last year, where it's one of those things where I know everything is happening, but so many other things are happening that I just basically rely on you guys to sort of give me a sense of what is happening, <laughs> and I just sort of like okay, all right, and then catch things up. And I think I only got around to a proper listen of like all the entries uh, the other week before I went on vacation, if I remember right. And it was one of those cases where I was like, okay, bring the madness, bring it all in. And uh, as you might've seen from my uh, Patreon post yesterday, I think it was when the Albania video hit, I was like going, my brain's in another place. What happened here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is and then, song number one on the list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had to. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, we're, it's 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 Eurovision season time. I can feel the love. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. The the wig of weaves is a sight. <laughs> that to and the boning. Just, yeah. All the boning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have there been any songs that have jumped out for you as uh, ones to keep an eye on? I also mentioned this in my post yesterday, but if there's one I'd love to see win, and I have no idea if it will, but oh man, uh, Serbia's entry, easy, hands down, that is, that that hits my, yes, goth art madness, <laughs> give, give to me. Yes, so, <laughs> yes, just on a conceptual level, what it's executing is just fantastic. The, the Barcelona pre-party performance, where I'm just like, oh man, they've added another layer and it's working, let's go. Ooh, that's going to be my, my catch-up work this afternoon, as it were, is going to be like, okay. I need to I need to see those videos. So I ha- I have an afternoon. I'll pack that in. <laughs> I'll finally do that now. So I'm 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 gearing myself up. <laughs> so uh, excellent. Yeah, you you are in for a lot of treats. I think like the, this season uh, started out a little slow, but uh, yeah, it, it is coming together quite nicely. So <laughs> good, good. I look forward to these next few weeks of it all happening. Yes, <laughs> again. <laughs> excellent. Uh, so yeah, why don't we hop in with finishing up the second semifinal? So the last six entries will begin with Romania and Urs with the song Yamame. Urs won Selexia Nationala, which is Romania's national selection. He has an interesting background. Urs 
was a dancer on Romania's version of The Voice and Romania's Got Talent. He's part of the kind of dance core for those two shows. He was also in the boy band Shot in 2015. He was in that group for a couple of years, and he launched his own solo career in 2020. And at that time, he expressed interest in representing Romania at Eurovision. So his dream is coming true. Uh, Ned, what do you think of this entry? Here's the thing. I like it, but one of my favorite bands of all time from their key reign, I suppose, was the early 90s, was Army of Lovers. This is like if Army of Lovers was one lover. (laughs) (laughs) It needs a trio to work in some respects. And it's one of those cases where I think the way I described it was uh, he's agreeably camp. I like Earth much more than, shall we say, Israel's entry, a.k.a. the, ah, this is a perfect song for a RuPaul's Drag Race episode and nothing else. <laughs> so, you know, this this actually works a bit more for me. I'm a little bemused by the Spanish. I'm wondering, is this a salute to a fellow romance language from Romania? Who knows? You know, <laughs> Latin roots, game recognized game. Uh, but having said that, why not? You know, it, it beats out just doing English all the time. In terms of staging, I actually liked it. A little more on the second view through of the uh, final performance that I saw. Nothing is screaming out at me as being truly special. At the same time, it works. And as a result, it's more like, okay, you know, the reverse sparkler staging that they've got going on, the hint of folk music that comes with that one little bit line, and it actually gears up after the first chorus, but that's a bit of a problem. And there are other songs that we're going to talk about. It doesn't gear up until after the first chorus. You shouldn't be leaving a song a little dead at the start. Right. Um, but uh, having said that... Uh, If it goes through, that's fine. I'm not going to complain. That's kind of where I I am on it. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe of the second semifinal, where it's just like, yeah, sure, why not? But yeah, uh, yeah. Ben, what do you think of this one? I keep trying to connect with this one. There's just something that feels generic about it to me. Like, it's just like very late 90s, early 2000s Latin pop. If you told me that this was a deep cut on like a Ricky Martin or Enrique Iglesias album, I would believe you. It's fine and it's competent, but I'm I it it doesn't stand out to me. And there I feel like there are other things kind of surrounding it in the lineup that are going to just kind of blow it out of the water. And frankly, it's it's actually going to weirdly benefit by the fact that uh, most of the rest of what follows is uh, ooh, it's a bit of a slow stretch <laughs> that comes at the end here. But we'll be, we'll get to that. It's one of those cases where you know uh, points for trying, <laughs> you know, hooray, thumbs up. It, it's the type of thing that uh, it's nice to see. But that's kind of the problem. If something is only nice to see and nice to listen to, then is it really sending you? Is it truly memorable for being, you know, completely crazy? No. And that's an issue. Romania has been trying a lot of things in the last few years because, like, they used to be just a reliable presence in the final. And now they've just sort of are in, like, a wilderness period where they're just like, what do we do? Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at with this song, where I, I feel like I'm kind of grading it on a curve. Because the last song that Romania qualified with was Yodel It. <laughs> that, that just seems wrong somehow. <laughs> like, it, it, it does. <laughs> um, like, and I loved Yodel It, but like, I, 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 th- I think Romania has sent songs of slightly more quality than that and have not been rewarded for that. I enjoy this one, and I think maybe it is because it is tapping into that late 90s, early 2000s space when... That, that was my coming of age period. So it, it, it's like, I don't know, kind of tapping those sort of memory buttons for me. I was going to say the weird sense memory that it's like tapping for me beyond sort of those, those late 90s vibes is like, this is the exact kind of song that gets played all the time at MIT's Square Dancing Club. 
is <laughs> is like anything with like okay. a four to the floor beat that is not specifically country and western they will play but it's all stuff from like 10 years ago it's nothing current moves like jagger or a bunch of jennifer lopez stuff from her first album of just things that have like that solid four four beat because it's good for calling <laughs> okay, I have a lot of follow-up questions about square dancing clubs, but I don't want this to yes, get to your right. <laughs> I wasn't too sure what to say here. <laughs> and I, I took square dancing for my sins in third grade, or rather, I was forced to take it, and uh, I, I, I notably hated it. So you're bringing back bad memories. No, thank you, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, square dancing did not jump to mind when I've heard this track and i was looping these songs all morning in preparation for today and uh yeah not not one square dance was happening in my apartment speaking of the dancing part of it like at the national final i thought that was a really good national final performance and i think it's going to be a hint of what we're going to see on the eurovision stage and the fact that he has a background as a dancer for the big tv production shows i don't recall that being a bullet point on the resume of most Eurovision acts. So I think he's going to bring a perspective to the competition that is going to be a little bit different. So I'm just kind of curious to see how it's going to play out. I am hopeful for this entry. Like, I don't think it's going to win the contest overall, but I think this may help Romania get out of its wilderness period, or at least... Yeah, it's kind of like the same boat that the UK is in, where it's just, okay, one point is more than the zero points you got last year. <laughs> so, like, just, like, any success is going to be a big success. And I think I think this song has the potential of delivering that. Following that in the lineup is Oakman and River. Oakman was the winner of this year's Polish Eurovision selection. Tubia Serca Ayurope, Viabiaremi, Hida na Ayurovizia. Round of applause, Ben. Round of applause. You beat me out. Well, <laughs> stuck to landing. All of that means the heart of Europe beats here. We choose a hit for Eurovision. Wow. Yeah. Mm. That's too many words for a title. Um, that's more poetic than the American Song Contest. Oh, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kind of sad they made that very difficult to watch, even if you had a VPN, just because he's born in Massachusetts, and I would have loved to see the moment of of just the the usual spiel be just like, Polish, 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 Massachusetts, Polish, Polish, Polish. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So he's born in Massachusetts. He took up musical theater in high school in Maryland and then has studied music in Poland since then. He won The Voice of Poland in 2020, where his coach was Michael Spak, who was the Polish representative in 2016, where they did very well. He's not the only one this year that has a connection to The Voice, where the coach was a Eurovision person who did well. So, Ned, what do you make of this one? My notes began... Ah, the all caps tastefulness and all caps sorrow. <laughs> and that's, that's what I was getting from this. I, I said to myself, this is still the deep curse of Coldplay and other Eurovision ballads following Coldplay playing out. And I mean this with love. And it's not just that, but, hmm, you know, on the one hand, do I expect these kind of ballads these days? Why, yes, I do. I'm almost inured to them. You could say I'm, like, vaccinated against them. But at the same time, oh my goodness, you've got to do 
a little more. There's plenty technically right about this performance. The guy can clearly sing. He's had the training well done. And I think like all the other entries, the actual performers listed as a co-writer for all these entries we're doing, yeah, that's, you know, notable. You know, who knows what exactly was contributed, but still. And uh, it's a case where the part of the problem here is not merely some of the odd bits of it lyrically, although in a way it can be, because let's put it this way, as I thought to myself, you know, I'm glad you're taking your body to the river and not someone else's body. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I certainly would hope you'd want to be buried in your own skin rather than someone else's. Yeah. <laughs> give, give us the Midsummer vibes, please. But, you know, the thing is, the video itself should lead more into the horror vibes, and the video is not helping. I'm sorry, I have an issue with this video. I'm kind of over, like, wandering tastefully around the mansion and reflecting on your past. I think we've had enough of that. <laughs> you know, this, this is a cliche that has been leaning into eight million times, and it's sort of like, oh, another one. Is all of Europe filled with nothing but <laughs> ritzy mansions of a, of a certain age to wander around and be melancholic in? As someone who's been watching both the Belgian and Dutch seasons of The Mole lately, they do have a lot of those. <laughs> Just like every week, there's like three challenges where like part of it is like, wander around this old monastery. But there are other bits, too. Unlike, say, our Urs, our previous injury, who was like a different thing, you know, different sort of training and work for TV. This person maybe is more just more a singer. So I wouldn't necessarily call him the best actor. And my note here for the videos, I, I like how he looks a bit confused when he walks into the first room. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I'm like, oh, uh, OK, I guess I should do this now. And also the bit where it builds up to taking off a veil to see someone and the reaction of that person is basically, huh? <laughs> so again this video this video is doing the song no favors i'm sorry i have a thing having said that getting back to some technical stuff nice falsetto on the bridge the orchestration is good there too you almost have to wait for that to happen but it's one of those cases that if you're gonna go this route at least sell that point and they and they did and he did so credit to the guy and my final thought is is that i tried to step outside myself and go this probably will go further than I'm guessing or that I would expect it to. That's my guess on it. I assume it'll float through into you know, out of the out of this range. But uh, again, we're entering a sort of strange patch here, so I really don't know. But I think it'll go through. I can't remember which song we were talking about where, Ben, you had mentioned that you can have all of the technical components in a skating routine, but you've got to do something artsy to connect all of the jumps. Yes, that has been sticking in my mind when thinking about this song. Like, I think it is an excellent vocal showcase for Oakman. But yeah, the song is really a nothing burger. Like, I, I think part of it is River as a metaphor in song. It never does anything for me. It's like Joni Mitchell did it 50 years ago. We can move on. <laughs> right, right. Lyrically, it's like, what is the story here? It really does feel like a refrigerator magnet poetry set these things rhyme they're kind of sentiments but like there's nothing there's i don't see what the connective tissue is between all these elements and like the overall performance of it speaking of romania is reminding me a lot of cesar's it's my life where it's just like very operatic but what is going on here i think on the technical side of things he's going to do very well and like will probably do well in the audience vote too i think this could end up being a case of it's going to get a lot of five sixes and sevens but that's going to end up adding up i think he's going to do better than i'm expecting or think that it should but it, it's near the top of the bookies table and I think they may be onto something, even though this is something that's like, eh, not really for me. 
your vision works that way sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, and I think the last couple of things that Poland has sent through selection processes, so this and then Alicia a couple of years ago before COVID shut everything down, are are very similar songs. A lot of technical elements performed well that were, if you look at the songs, they're just nothing. Just just a lot of a lot of very interesting technical vocal showcases where lyrically it's just. We took the last five years of, of Eurovision winners and ran them through a blender. We have water metaphors. We have something that sounds like like arcade at like 1.2 times speed to remind you of what won a couple years ago. And then weirdly, I get traces of Lana Del Rey's blue jeans thrown into the mix because sure, why not? It's proficiently done, and I completely agree that it's going to like quietly get like a bunch of fours, fives, and sixes and probably get through and, and do surprisingly well. But it doesn't scream winner to me, especially because it's copying a lot of things that have already won. And we tend to look for, for some level of something that feels different compared to the most recent years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, why Why would anybody want another arcade? I mean, I didn't want the first one, <laughs> but no, that's just no. me. But, like, it, it, on the whole, it's just like, why Why do we want this song again? And also, you know, it's a small point. Coming after another, you know, quaffed, short-bearded guy, it's sort of like, you know, it, these people blend into each other at a certain point. It's like, please, please, let the wardrobes be distinct. That's all I ask. <laughs> because otherwise I won't know who I'm looking at. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be ooh, that. That is an interesting point. We're we're, we're national colors and in, in on a flag around you or something. That way, I can tell you part. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's this one. Next in the lineup comes from Montenegro, who are returning to the competition after taking a few years off. And their artist is Vladana with her song, Breathe. Uh, Vladana was an internal selection. She studied music theory, opera, and journalism. She tried to represent Serbia-Montenegro back in 2005 and 2006, uh, back when Serbia-Montenegro was a thing. Since then, uh, she's released a couple of albums, a couple singles, and launched an online fashion magazine called Chiviluk back in 2015, which is kind of taking her out of music a little bit. Uh, this is her first track in quite a few years. As someone who's been watching the pre-parties, it makes sense that she also runs an online fashion magazine because every single pre-party she has shown up with just sort of these... Not really, I was about to say over the top, and that feels wrong, but just sort of these very kind of spacey looks where I had been kind of concerned that it was going to be all about the look for the final performance, which I don't think this song needs. Like, the song is a solid return for Montenegro. I was looking through their history when it first came out, and this is the sort of thing that gets them through to the final, so it makes sense that if they're coming back and they want to do well, they're going to send something like Kinez's entry. We were kind of missing, like, a good Balkan ballad, and this is, at least instrumentation-wise a solid one for me, and she performs it well. Yeah, I would agree. It, it, it's one of those things that learning about a bit more about the song that she says uh, draws uh, to, at least in some part lyrically, on some sort of uh, family trauma or something that happened in the previous year. I'm not going to snark on that. We all process things in our own way, and if that's part of the roots of the song, hey, you know, a salute. 
My issue was honestly less with the song, which I agree, its big advantage over River is the fact that there's actual variety in the song. It, uh, it, it changes up a bit as it goes. There's uh, playing around with different arrangements, different elements. It's like, okay, good. This is not just simply a all the way through with maybe an interesting bridge. The fall away into vocals on the bridge uh, when the music pulls back a bit is pretty nice. The video is not helping, though, because the video is, as I put it somewhere in my notes, wandering memory mansion crap. Again, like the previous one. <laughs> one more time. Although I said, but I will salute the video director who is brave enough to fuse ballet lessons with rock quarries or wherever they're filling her at that point. <laughs> Having said that, she's much more of a presence, easily, with the fashion, the thing, the uh, combination of the headdress and uh, the makeup is distinct. The director is making her do stuff that shouldn't have been done, like the, the, the bit where there's the actual breath towards the end of it comes across a little comically as filmed when it works audio wise and then there's also the fact that the running theme of everything is like you know people with skin problems moisturizer moisturizer a little it'll keep you from falling apart but again this is the video <laughs> stuff. The, the video is very doctor who episode this is a very good comparison <laughs> yes <laughs> so I'll, I'll buy that i'll go with that the song is solid. I, I feel much more kindly to this than I do to uh, to Aukman and River. So it's a step up. I think it's placement of these two songs next to each other. And again, the next couple songs really is everything's going to sort of fall into a morass of contemplation as opposed to energy. But, eh, you know, I, I, I like it. I, I like it well enough and I'd be interested. I could see it going farther and I actually would want to root for this one going farther in comparison to some of the other ballads out there. Structuring this semifinal in particular had to have been tricky. The halves are determined by the draw, so when you have something like these three ballads, there may not be a, another good, just due to the draw, there may not be a better way to spread them out. It, especially coming at the end of the semifinal, too. You know, we may have a case where some of these things may actually be a little more stuck in people's memory because it's so near the end of it. At the same time, I can see people starting to go like, eh, checking their watch, or going like, how many more left, and things like that. And that is not... That might not help either. So, again, maybe the staging will change it around. I have no idea, but we'll see. I agree that this is an excellent return entry for Montenegro. It it really feels like it would have done extremely well, like, back in the mid part of the last decade. Whereas now, I don't know, like, it, it feels a little dated because of that. But I like that there is an actual story to this song. Like you, you can tell that there, there is a personal component to this. And it's kind of wild that this is one of the only songs this year to like explicitly be about COVID or COVID related topics. Like, I don't think it's like trying to cash in on that because that is just ghoulish, but like it, it, it feels like it is a genuine reflection on where things are right now. Um, mm -hmm. which, I don't know. Like, I, I think one of the keys to success of Eurovision is having a sort of timelessness quality about it. And I, I don't know if this one may end up being a little too much of a time capsule of where we are right now in 2022. But I, I like this one. And I, th I think she's an interesting personality. And I think she's going to have an amazing look. The fashion background is definitely going to pay off here. This is another one that I am hopeful for just because it's like, oh, I want Montenegro to do well. Like they, they've always struggled at Eurovision. And I, I think this is a worthy entry to get some praise.
Belgium's entry this year, Jeremy Maquis, is Miss You. Jeremy was an internal selection. He won The Voice of Belgium in 2021, where he was coached by Beverly Jo Scott, who co-wrote Rhythm Inside for Loic Notet, their entry a few years ago. He studied geology before taking a break to pursue music and sport. Mike, what are your thoughts on this one? Okay. Um, I think... <laughs> well, well. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think this one has incredibly high staging potential. I think they have a lot of options that they can work with. And if they stage this well, they could do rather well. If it's just kind of basic staging or disappointing staging, that's going to hurt this track even more. This song is just so disjointed and it it feels like there's just something missing to kind of hold it all together. And I I just don't know how to engage with this one. It it feels like it's several drafts trying to come together to form a final project and it's really not working for me and it's it's kind of going into that vocal showcase hitting all the technical elements but nothing really artsy to string it all together i want i want to be supportive of belgium but th- this mm. one's just not working for me i'm kind of where mike is maybe maybe a hair more positive but it's it's kind of by degrees uh one of my notes here was uh this is self-tortured charisma but i'll take it over the other himbos uh, doing self-tortured charisma <laughs> <laughs> what is it with Belgium and the himbos? Because that was an issue last year, too. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. So so there was that. I'm sort of thinking, okay, is this the, you know, kind of post-Drake, post-The weekend to a degree? Not really, but, you know, I can sort of see it existing in that space. The point about the drafts, I mean, I like the strings. I'm a sucker for them when done well. These are done pretty well. His fluttering falsetto is perfectly fine. The beats are not there for me. They're serviceable, but... It's not clicking. It's nothing special offhand. Your point about the staging is very good. My favorite bit in terms of that would be the uh, the cars, the trucks, and the bros. Not the dancing ones, the ones that are just staring at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep Make that part of the staging. Just have four guys on stage going, yeah. looking at him. <laughs> directing to absolutely nothing else. You know, that would be, you know, sort of like, sure, I want to do that. Uh, the video, again, is a little weird at points. The end implies that he's missing himself don't we all have those days this is a moon night echo without people knowing it who knows but uh you know it's just sort of like that was an odd touch that is sort of like oh okay and uh but again i don't think they'll be doing that in the staging i think it'll be something else i encourage the guy Seems like he's sort of stumbled into a career without expecting it on maybe two levels. If he's also still doing uh, his, apparently he's a goalkeeper in a, f- a football league thing over there, which good on you. So, you know, singing footballer. Hey, if Rod Stewart can do it, why not this guy? I encourage and I would like to see what they do and maybe we'll be surprised. But uh, I'm kind of with Mike. There's something that doesn't quite fully connect when it when it could or how it should. And it's a little hard to put one's finger on. This feels like the sort of song that comes out of a voice winner, where it's maybe written with like two or three people in mind, and this is the guy who who ultimately it went to. But yeah, like it just feels weirdly disjointed. This one always feels like it should stick in my head more than it actually does. And he's a very proficient performer at the various pre-parties. Like he has he has shown up, and like his vocals have been very good. And I have seen various people online sort of saying, "Oh, this one could be a secret jury winner." I'm like, "It can it." Because I don't necessarily see that. It's a song I think actually could exist away from Eurovision, which I mean as a compliment. It's not to denigrate Eurovision, but sometimes you think of songs that are clearly only for Eurovision. This one actually could exist in its own right, I think. But having said that, it's still not entirely there. 
And yeah, I think we've all sort of identified that there's something going on here where we you know all the, you know, the elements are there, certainly. He seems perfectly charismatic, I have to say, so uh, that uh, that certainly does help. Um and frankly, the first thing I saw when I saw his, uh, uh, how he's chosen to dye his hair was like, whoa, flashbacks to Demolition Man and uh, Wesley Snipes' <laughs> hairstyle there. So yeah, that shows you how old I am, though, I should know. <laughs> so, but, uh, but when you but, said that, uh, I immediately got the visuals. <laughs> yep, there, there you go. Yeah, have a staging be some guy dressed as Stallone in that movie. Come on, let's, yeah. let's go all out. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but that said, but, you know, he wears it perfectly well. It's one of those things I sort of like, you know, not knowing anything about the guy, I'm like, I'm rooting for you, but maybe if there was another song, I'd really be rooting for you. That's kind of where it comes comes down. Maybe you're right. I'll find someone else. You say it isn't me, but when did that ever help? Hold me closer, although you leave before the sunrise. Might be bleeding, but don't you mind? I'll be fine. Oh, it kills me. Next in the set uh, comes from Sweden. It's Cornelia Jacobs and Hold Me Closer. Cornelia won Melody Festivalen, and way back in 2008, she auditioned for Swedish Idol, and she garnered press because the judges mocked her during her audition, and yeah, it was just, it was not a good look for really anybody. But in looking up that incident, I didn't realize how much of this year's Melfest was a 2008 Swedish Idol reunion. Uh, that was the season that Robbie Benston competed and finished in third. Anna Bergendahl was on that season and finished in fifth. And Anders Baggi, who was the runner-up at Melfest, was one of the judges on the panel of that mm-hmm. season. So, uh, yeah, kind of awkward. I got the sense that there was tension during Melfest, but I did not realize that this was maybe the primary source of that tension. Ben, I know you are quite bullish on this song. Is that still holding true? That is still the case on my end. Of the various things that I feel like they have winter vibes, this still has winter vibes to me. Watching chatter on the Eurovision Twitter side of things, like this seems to be the one that everybody is excited about and and rooting for it. I haven't checked the bookies stuff, but I think it's still hanging around the top there up with Ukraine. Sweden has had a few years where like they have rightly been highly praised by the judges who tend to be music industry people who who know the mechanics of pop and see what Sweden is doing and like that. And then just sort of roundly rejected by the the actual televoters who are just like, Sweden is, is on autopilot, and this feels like they are actually doing something different. There is a raspiness to her vocals that reminds me of Ida Maria, who I liked her first album from around, I think, 2008, 2009. Uh, and then she popped up in the Norwegian selection randomly a few years ago and had a very different poppy side to her, where there's like a real sense of emotion. And I like the way that the synth builds in this and just sort of the the way that they've structured this performance very simply just really stands out to me. I think Sweden has staged this well, and they've built something that can travel well to the Eurovision stage. And instead of doing that thing that they love to do, where they just sort of like essentially bring their own entire stage, they're kind of doing that with this, but it's it's in a much simpler way where they're not like completely making a music video on stage. I think this one is one of the entries that's vying for the win this year. In my case, it took a while. Of this bunch we've been talking about, this is definitely in my higher tier. But the first time through, I 
it wasn't quite there. Second time through, I'm like, ah, okay, all right, I get it. And probably further listens will sort of bump it up. So in that, I think it'll sail through to the finals easy. In that, it may win. I'm not quite there yet, but I'll keep it in mind. But uh, yeah, no, the problem for me was that some of the stuff you're praising, Ben, uh, I don't entirely agree with. Not in the sense of, you know, pistols at dawn. It's more like, I, I don't know. The simplicity of the staging argument... It came across as flat to me. Uh, maybe nothing wrong with the staging, the stage setup, but maybe she should do more. It wasn't really connecting for me on that level. Well, clearly the crowd, since I was looking at the Melodic Festival and performance, loved it. So I'm like, okay, all right, maybe this is just me. Something that was terribly amusing to me, though, was how the first verse and chorus came across. Because I was like, what is this reminding me of? This is making me think of something. I don't know what. And then when the second verse and the beats and the bass start to drop in, I'm like, all right, okay, that's good energy. But what was the first thing? What was it when it was all stripped down reminding me of? And then it hit me. <laughs> of all things, it reminded me of the verbs, the drugs don't work. <laughs> and I'm like, huh. I didn't expect to be comparing this song to that. <laughs> and it's, that is a song that I happen to enjoy in its own overwrought way. But I was thinking, this is not a good idea for Eurovision. So when the beats and bass arrived, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> because if that had continued 1997 was a long long time ago and again you can make other comparison points but it was that i was on the verge of thinking oh my god did sweden send something totally lugubrious so when they they didn't it was like okay okay, all right better and so that's that that's the thing so yeah so it it is it is oddly enough for something clearly calculated to be a big you know pop hit why wouldn't it be it's a grower i think and i think a third listen i'll probably like it even more so it almost helps knowing that going in, as opposed to a first-time listen where it had just moment of utter paranoia, like, no, yeah. no, surely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am still amazed that this won Melfest, because it just feels so outside of what Sweden has been doing the last decade. Like, just looking at how Melfest was structured this year, it, it really felt like everything was stacked against this song doing well at all. So like when she was announced as the first person to advance in her heat and she like collapsed to the floor and was super excited, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a reason for that. And I'm sure also all of the like baggage from Idol 2008 was from, from part seeing, of from that. From seeing Robin Bankson in the green room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, wow, there, there's a lot more going on here and just the genuine emotion behind it. And uh, yeah, like the raspiness of her voice, I'm really responding to. Like at the Madrid pre-party last weekend, when she was performing this, it was just like, oh, this is really giving me kind of Bonnie Tyler vibes. Not in the... Um, like, not in the believe in me way. Right, not in that way and not in the over-the-top, I-need-a-hero sort of way. Something that was more the middle of those two extremes. I am growing more and more fond with this song with each listen. As I mentioned, I was looping these songs all morning in preparation for this. And this was the only, like, by by the fifth or sixth loop of this, it's like, okay, Sweden's the only one I want to listen to out of this. And I can't do this anymore. So, yeah. And I think the way that the, the end of this semifinal is set up... Like, Sweden is just head and shoulders above the rest of the songs in this set. I I have no doubt that it's going to advance. It doesn't give me, like, personal winning vibes, but if this were to win, I I think it's deserved. Yeah, like, I keep going between, like, three or four different songs in this entire set of Eurovision songs this year of what what I think my personal winner is, but this is one where I would not be mad about it as the actual winner. One other thing that comes to mind for me is the last couple Fridays, they've been doing Eurovision house parties where they've they've asked the artists to record, it looks like, their Eurovision song and a cover of their choice, Mm. which is great. So far, we've only had one Euphoria. So far. 
Of course, next week is next week (laughs) is just going to be the all euphoria edition. (laughs) I I have cursed it. I'm sorry in advance. Um, Paws waving at us. Yeah. (laughs) In terms of covers, Sheldon Riley from Australia this year, instead of covering like a past song, covered this song. Is Ari being covered by other Eurovision artists? Which that also feels like. Oh, okay. If the artists like this one too, weirdly, it didn't work in his voice for me if you can name a music competition program he's been on it so he has a little bit kind of two stage schooly vocals on it it was a little too clean for me like this is this is still swedish pop precision but like they've like it seems appropriate for italy that they've done like the whole sprezzatura thing of this very sort of polished sense of actually being kind of rough around the edges there is a roughness to this song that they have not had in recent years they they've been just like the full swedish pop machine and it's done okay, and like this feels like they are letting their guard down in a way that's interesting. Yeah, like this this is not glossy the way that the last twelve Swedish entries have felt super glossy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. 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 Closing out the second semifinal is the Czech Republic's We Are Domi with Lights Off. We Are Domi won the Czech Republic's online selection. The band formed at the Leeds College of Music. And just this past week, they released a collaboration with Lake Malawi called High Speed Kissing. This was one of the first, if not, well, I'm not sure it was the first because Bulgaria was just like, hello, here's everything. The Czech Republic was not too far behind in terms of announcing this. Mike, given that we've had this one for a while, how do you feel about this one? This one also got a revamp, and the revamp of this reminds me of the song Rapture by IIO. I think that's how they uh, pronounce their name. And this is also kind of like Romania, where it feels like it is the last song playing into the credits at the end of an episode of Queer as Folk, where like Brian is glowering from one of the balconies at Babylon, and there's just like all of this mood that is happening. It's like, all right, fine. And it, it feels it just feels really dated as that reference would indicate it's dated to an era that is right in my sweet spot so i'm kind of conflicted about this partly because we are domi was at i think all of the pre-parties and the vocals at all the pre-parties were not great the first couple of times uh, they were like trying to blame the sound engineers, which don't blame the techies. But if it's happening at every single pre-party, there's something else going on. I don't know if it's just that this song is a tough one to perform live or what's going to happen with that. So that that's a concern of mine. It's also reminding me a lot of Triana Park, which were Latvia's representatives in 2017. And I loved that song. And I believe they closed out their semifinal they finished in last place. I I think that was a crime. But yeah, this one, I think I like it. But I don't know if that how that's actually going to translate into if a general audience is going to like it and vote for it. I think it's really going to come down to how the vocals are during the actual performance. Okay, good. Yeah, no, you, you share my exact same concern. This one I like a lot, but also I'm just like, okay... Bad vocal performance at one pre-party. Okay, cool. It was just like a weird in-ear monitor thing. These are volunteer events, and like you have probably have like all of five seconds of like sound check time. Bad vocals at every pre-party. Oh no! 
the initial video we got of this was supposedly a live to tape performance where they seem to be able to perform it so i'm i'm just like i don't know what the entire circumstances are here and again they're gonna have two full weeks of rehearsals on site to just nail the sound component of this because like for me this sounds like churches and i like churches a lot if slash when scotland ever declares independence and immediately sends things to eurovision uh they should talk to churches it's hitting a sweet spot of kind of electronic pop for me but now that you've mentioned triana park i'm like oh no this is triana park and I'd forgotten that Triana Park was both last to perform and just like dead last in their semi. Where I'm just like, oh, this could do, this could completely fall flat. Yeah, yeah. And coming right after Sweden's entry here, tough spot for him. Yeah, I can see a lot of people sort of mentally checking out before they get ready to start voting now and uh, just sort of prepping up whatever they have to do there. The video helps and hurts them because on the one hand the video is you know the video and fairly obvious tropes on the other hand hey a modern tribute to the apple as in the movie sure because i was getting those vibes from that <laughs> oh you know. that's why i like this one so much musical <laughs> dystopia bring it on <laughs> and the matrix and everything else and you know certain other current films every check bar every dance beat all at once so you know just sort of like your controls and things like that it does a weird sort of disservice to them because you get a sense from that. It's sort of like, okay, they do that. And then you get the final 30 seconds where it's like, ah, okay, it's one of these bands. <laughs> you know, just the dude with the thing and the playing the guitar with the bow and the thing. Oh, okay, I got it. And I was looking up more about it. It was like they were formed in Leeds, England. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> so, all there for study or something like that. So, and, uh, okay, okay, sure. So, but, um, yeah, where are you in my peripheral line is like, vision yeah. <laughs> so, yes. or, or, or something else and my other favorite one was change my furniture change my bed covers i mean you know one hopes one does at least the bed covers every so often but, uh, my notes say i do like the generic grooves there's a neo-disco tautness the bridge auto-tune works i kind of like them <laughs> i guess is what i said so your point about churches though was very apt yeah as soon as you said that i'm like ah okay that's who they're trying to be um and yeah triana park yeah that was sad i think their fate is uh I don't want to say sealed, but it's going to be it's going to be hard. Yeah, I, th I think just because the, the fan base that gets really into this and watches all the pre-parties they can has now seen them faceplant multiple times. So like, that's part of the voters. The other thing that I'm like really scared of for this performance, I noticed in the revamp, there's that big section in the backing where it sounds like a bunch of like breakers being turned off. Where I'm just like, please don't pull a Volonet, please. Oh. Mm. yeah just, just like apologies they are absolutely going to turn all the lights off in the arena on the other hand i like this one as a closer after a bunch of slower stuff this is a nice upbeat number to end the night on that's true yes it's gonna be the last thing that was playing the chorus is very hooky even like that peripheral line like w initially my brain was getting hung up on it, but now i'm just like no this is great where are you now looking at the second half of the semifinal, this really is the only song that I think could have closed it with the appropriate energy. Like the, mm -hmm. I, the only thing that it could maybe trade spots with would be Ireland, but I don't think of that's rich as being a closer. I think the Czech Republic is, is doing great things with their process. Like, yes, they've had kind of some, some wobbles with last year, but I still respect what they sent. They're picking interesting stuff and they're picking stuff that does not necessarily feel Eurovision specific, which I think is a great strategy. I think I would enjoy this song outside of the Eurovision context. I just don't think it, I would have necessarily been exposed to it without Eurovision. So I, I think it's successful 
in that regard. And if it's able to get through, like, man, the second semifinal is really... Yeah, yeah, like, that's the, mm. that's the other thing, is that the second semifinal is just wild. There are so many of these things that are on the bubble for various reasons, where it's just the correct combo of circumstances. I think Bree said last week that the only one that's not on the bubble is Sweden. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's I, Sweden I, I agree and nine that. other things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be interested to see what everyone's mood will be, especially as the end of the second semifinal. It's sort of like, okay, okay, okay. Lots of deep breaths. And then what will people start thinking with whatever the intermission stuff is? They've been starting to drop what the first semifinals interval acts are. We don't know what the second semifinal is, which in fairness, what do you pair with these? And now a solo acoustic performance from so, bring in Andrea Bocelli. Why not? There we go. Yeah. Or uh, I don't know. They they could just pull a San Remo and pass a vocoder around and noodle <laughs> <laughs> around with that for 30 minutes or whatever. <laughs> Ben's favorite. So. Yes, I like the idea of it turning into just an Andy Kaufman routine at this point, just completely just destroying and falling apart. And then they're like, oh, it's over. It's all I want. Oh, dear, 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 dear. <laughs> why, why, why are you making me tremble so? This is supposed to be a happy time. <laughs> First semifinal is going to be awesome. Second semifinal is... It's going to be weird. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm deeply looking forward to, to watching this semifinal just because the combination of things are, I, I think, just the wonderful set of circumstances that has given us these 18 entries in this semifinal together next to one another yeah the producers had their work cut out for them so uh i i I hope it pays off the way that they're hoping it pays off and certain mr sand is going to kick him back somewhere going like glad i don't have to deal with that (laughs) let us hope that wheat is sorted from chaff appropriately we'll need it (laughs) when it comes time for the final itself (laughs) ned thank you so much for joining us for this conversation yeah, pleasure as always. It's great to be back. So it's always fun to think about this and talk about this every time. <laughs> awesome. Uh, is there anything that you'd like us uh, to point our listeners toward? Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter as ever, Ned Raggett, two G's, two T's, all too easily found, as I like to say. There is my Patreon at Ned Raggett as well, where I post weekly music thoughts when I can, along with various other subscriber-only pieces and other links. And as always, there's my other podcast, which has nothing to do with music, at least directly, and that is on J.R.R. Tolkien, called By the Bywater. Join Jared and Oriana and I if you have any interest in the subject. We just talked about the Ralph Bakshi adaptation of Lord of the Rings, and we're going to be talking about evil tomorrow. So now I really have to gear shift after thinking about music all day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. We will have links to all of those uh, in our show notes. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can follow the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. Show notes and links to our Eurovision 2022 review series are in the description of this episode and on our website at eurowhat.com. We just finished our Eurovision semi-final coverage, but the semis are just getting started on the American Song Contest. Subscribe to our bonus podcast, Just Asking Questions, at patreon.com slash eurowhat. Next time on the Eurowhat, NPR's Glenn Weldon will be joining us to talk about the entries from the big five countries, France, Germany, Spain, United Kingdom, and our host country, Italy. 